Sing for joy. Sing for joy. Sing for joy. Sing for joy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sing for Joy, a podcast about worship, worship ministry, music in general as related to our Christian experience. Uh, again, my name is Jed Lovejoy, and I'm here at the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You know, over the last couple of weeks since we've started, I've basically focused on the nuts and bolts of putting together worship, you know, what it means to be a worship leader, some of the resources that are out there, even talked about like online worship spaces last week uh, in light of all the COVID-19 changes that worship is having to experience right now as far as our communal coming together type of thing. I wanted to, to, to stutter for a minute. <laughs> I wanted to take a break from some of those things and do something a little different. Uh, a lot of times when people start talking about worship, they purely are talking about that experience of coming together on a Sunday. Maybe they'll talk about expanding to a Wednesday or a Devo or different things like that. I've, over the years, kind of tried to push back against that really firm view, you know, of worship only occurs during those times. I, I don't get me wrong, the communal worship, the Sunday assembly, that is very steeped in Bible and there's truth there. And that is a high priority on my list of things, you know, and it's there because it's a high priority on God's list of things. So with all of that in mind, there's also the element of we should be worshiping on a continual basis. Uh, we should be finding ways to praise God in the variety of things we may do on a, throughout our day. And specifically in my context, I think about that in terms of the music that I listen to, I sing, I think about. And that's been a process. I talked about that in a couple of episodes ago. Uh, I've really tried to refocus the way that I think about the music I listen to. And some of that means that I'm not in the same musical spaces that I used to hang out in. Uh, I used to listen to tons of pop radio and classic rock radio and all those different things. And, and I still do. I still do. And from time to time I go, well, there's another one I need to write off. Or there's another one that I need to be more aware of as far as thinking about the messages that song is sending me and whether I should be cranking it up and singing along. I can do that with music that I'm comfortable with because I've spent a lot of time with it. I was curious, and this may be something that I do on a more regular basis, um, but I was curious to take a song that I was completely unfamiliar with and dive into it, first off, just as my own personal enjoyment, but then dig a little bit deeper and see maybe what Christian messaging is in it or not in it or what messaging is in it that Christians can build off of. Uh, you know, just trying to put a Christian perspective, Christian worldview into the songs we listen to. I think it's a good practice. I'm not saying that you have to do a deep dive into every song you listen to, but it's something that maybe you want to try from time to time. So I'm going to go through this process. Maybe it's something you've done before. Maybe it's not something you've ever even considered. So this is just a novel idea for you. Um, but anyway, let's, let's go in. I, I asked uh, some of the people who follow me on Instagram uh, what their suggestions would be. And I got back several. What I ended up going with was, uh, it's by a band 
called Bastille. I had listened to one of their songs years ago. They had a hit called Pompeii. And I really liked it, had a good beat. It was very enjoyable to turn up and just kind of jam out to every now and again. I haven't really listened to them since then. And so when, when this song was suggested to me, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that'd be a fun one to go with. Uh, this is, they just released a new album last, well, last year, middle of last year is what it turned out. It was released in like May or June, somewhere in there uh, of 2019. But their new album is called Doom Days. And the song that was specifically mentioned for me to look into was The Waves. Uh, so anyway, I'm just going to take a listen to it. I've listened to it once just to get it in my ear. I haven't tried to dissect it or look into the lyrics. So I'm going to just turn it on. I'm not going to be able to play it for you. Maybe I'll hum along to a few bits of it, which I'm sure is going to be wonderful. But, you know, copyright and all, I can't just play the song for you. So I don't know if I can really recommend the song, but if you're curious, Go ahead and you can pause real quick, listen to the song, and then you'll kind of know where I'm at along with this. So anyway, here's this is The Waves by, by Bastille. Kind of starts off with just simple little piano. Then the beat kicks in and they start singing. Got a little echo sound happening. A line about never giving up on the lost boy life. I bet that'll inform the way the rest of this song goes. What would your mother say if she could hear what we were talking about, I think is what it said. I'm horrible at catching lyrics. I'll, I'll pull up the lyrics and, and look at them here in a minute. So it's kind of a caught up in, caught up in the waves. It's got a nice little flow. I mean, especially with the waves feel it's rolling back and forth a little bit. Oh, 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 hang on, I gotta pause that, hang on. Uh, let me rewind this, this is a good line. This is a good line. Is it an apocalypse or nihilism on your lips? <laughs> I had to pause that, otherwise there's no way I could say that again over the music going. So, is it an apocalypse or nihilism on your lips, sink or swim? Oh. One, it got really tricky rhythmically in the context of the rest of the song, but that lyric alone, oh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. We'll come back to that in a minute. I want to finish listening to the song. Here we go. Yeah. What, could your mother, what would your mother say if she could see what we're doing now? What would your mother say if she could hear what we're talking about? But I tell you, this chorus, get carried away. Yeah. I could, I could get carried away in this chorus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a catchy little chorus. The verses, eh, you know, they're all right. They've got a few interesting lines that we'll look into here in a minute. Okay, I did not understand the words of this bridge. Something about the air being knocked out of them and air hit me on the way out. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't catch it the second time around either. Okay, yeah, that's fun. It's a fun song. I'll see you on the other side is what he keeps repeating here at the end. I'll see you on the other side. I assume that's on the other side of the waves based on the song that we're listening to. Okay. I mean, first, first impression before I break down the lyrics is it's either about like 
there was a reference to a party. So you're either talking about a fling, like get carried away, two people together. If your mother would see what we're doing now, read into that one a little bit. Um, or it's just about two friends. Maybe, I think there was a line about getting drunk or something. Uh, so maybe something about party life and that sort of thing. And just two friends throwing cares to the wind. You know, I mean, so anyway, either way, it's not the most positive messaging as far as a lifestyle. Um, but let, let me let me look at the lyrics and maybe that'll help me out a little bit. Um, okay, so that first first verse, um, staring down the barrel of a hundred tons. It might be getting older, but the night's still young. We never, never give up on the lost boy life. Ah, there's that line. Uh, so here we are escaping from the world outside. That's the line I missed when I was talking about it. So yeah, Peter Pan, most, the, or most likely a reference to Peter Pan, like the lost boy life. Probably not a reference to the lost boys like vampire movie. I, I don't, uh, just a guess. <laughs> that would be a deep cut reference. Uh, but who knows? Anyway, we'll stick with the Peter Pan reference, especially because of the escapism line the next. And then we've got that repeating line about what would your mother say if she saw and heard all these different things. Um, let's skip ahead to the next verse. The next verse was suddenly we're falling, suddenly we're falling through the twilight zone. Watch the party play out in slow motion. <laughs> That's fun. Rhyming zone and motion. Zone, motion. Anyway, okay, I can't get too caught up in that. So tie a ribbon around my arm and throw me in, and here's that line. Is it an apocalypse or nihilism on your lips we sing I mean, in case you don't know what nihilism is, nihilism is like an extreme skepticism, a, a lack of belief in just about everything. Nothing's real, everything's meaningless, what's the point, you know, kind of a... Some people would take it as a live for today, but some people take it as far as why even live for today because none of it really matters. Like the experience that I have won't even matter. So that can be a really dark tunnel to go down uh, as far as a worldview. So interesting. Is it an apocalypse or nihilism on your lips? But then it goes back to what would your mother say? Uh, okay, so there was the chorus, the waves crashing down on you and me again, 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 the waves crashing down. Get caught up, get carried away. Uh, oh, here's the bridge part that, that I couldn't figure out. The air hit me on the way out. Did it make me more sober or make me more drunk? Did it make me more sober or make me more drunk? Okay, so that kind of, I don't know why I couldn't understand it when I was listening to it, but there we go. Uh, the air hit me on the way out. Did it make me more sober or make me more, dr more drunk? I couldn't quite remember the vision of you and of me. And then he repeats it again. Okay. And then we have more repeats of the chorus and everything. So, I mean, for me, when, when I'm reading this, doesn't matter if you take it in like a relationship, you know, one-on-one -on -one or just friends sort of relationship. I mean, the message of the song is basically, let go and see what happens. You know, the waves crash over me and, you, you know, if you've ever been in the ocean and stood in the waves and everything, it's really easy to just, you can either plant your feet in the sand and take the hits and keep standing there, or you can just let your feet up and then, you know, get tossed around and it'll either pull you in or out depending on the current and everything. So to me, that's what I'm feeling out of this song. Uh, there's, you know, the lost boy life that 
I, you know, I would read that as kind of a letting go who needs the cares and troubles and worries and concerns, you know, let go to Neverland and, you know, be fine. Um, probably a lack of the, the morals or the lack of desires that your parents had for you. What would your parents say if they could see and hear all the things you're doing? Again, kind of doesn't matter what context we're looking at. The same messaging to me would still apply. You know, and, and then again, that, that line about nihilism there in the middle of the song really seems to jump out and say the same sort of thing. It's like, ah, what, what, hap what happens doesn't really care, so why don't you just have fun with it and see what happens? Um, I don't know, that line about did it make me more sober or make me more drunk? So like when the waves hit you and the air shoots out of you, you know, it knocks the wind out of you. Uh, the air hit me on the way out. Did it make me more sober or, sober or make me more drunk? I don't know. Maybe that's an interesting way of looking at, at your experiences and going, if you had that, have something happen to you, I don't know, I'm, I'm really working on that, that lyric there. Does it make me more sober or make me? So maybe when you have a realization, like when something hits you, when you have an experience hit you, when you have uh, some sort of notice hit you, does it bring you to your senses or does it pull you more away from reality? Does it make me more sober? Like, does it wake me up or does it make me more drunk? Does it make me less connected to the things around me? Does it, or does it make me want to hold on to things or let go of them? So, I, so again, I, I really think that's, I don't know, this is me. Uh, my initial listening and look through here, it's kind of a song about letting go and seeing what happens, but still questioning when I have something, when I have a realization or an experience come upon me, what's that going to do to me? I don't know. It's an interesting song. Like it's, it, um, listening to it, again, I, as I go through it, I don't see anything necessarily that's horrible lyric, like as far as there's cursing or explicitly you know sexual or different things in here obviously the reference to drunkenness you know but um as far as if you wanted to give it a listen i don't think there's anything that i'm like oh that would be awful for you to listen listen through once but anyway um but looking at the messaging of it if i started letting that sink in i could i could see some some problems with having that as a worldview um I don't know. Let me let me look into the to this for just a minute. Okay, so I'm back to you. It didn't seem like I went anywhere, but I went and did a little a little digging. Uh, I, I looked up the artist some more, found a couple of interviews and things. Um, so Bastille, as an artist, in the interviews that I that I read about him, uh, he states on his music. Typically, it's going to go deeper on the philosophy side and current event commentary. I kind of caught a little bit of that in that song. Um, more than just a relationship poem. So it's not saying that a relationship may not be part of that lyric or part of those songs that he sings, but he's not doing like a diary of a specific person. So, so that's kind of interesting. Um, like Taylor Swift, for a lot of you that probably listen to her, uh, she's more diary writing. Like that song usually is talking about a specific thing in her life, a specific relationship. Bastille, the relationship talk may be more just passive poetry. 
and the point of the song is a little deeper than that actual relationship. So anyway, there we go. Um, Dan Smith is the the lead singer and like the founder of Bastille, and he specifically said he doesn't like autobiographical diary songs. So so that was interesting. Um, I found he did a concert, a, a live concert at Berkeley, California, uh, and he actually opened the song by saying that this is a go with the night and see wherever the night decides to go type song. So so there it is. Yeah, it, it's definitely a um, I, I love that phrase, go with the night, you know, <laughs> you know show up at something and see where it goes. He, he further explained this idea. He did an interview with Billboard magazine in June of 2019, uh, which he actually broke down all the different songs of his album. And for that one specifically, the wave song, he said, he saw himself as being a passive observer at a house party. You see all the stupid stuff that people are doing and you just go with it. <laughs> I mean, to, to me, in, in my wallflower, I don't like going to big party types, type attitude, number one, that's, that's an interesting thought of just showing up at the party and being a wallflower. Okay, I could see that, like to write about and observe. But the idea of then just jumping in and going with it at some point is completely beyond me. <laughs> but the idea of any of that is a little interesting. Um, I, anyway, it was it was strange reading some of these some of these things um, just because. Well, I, let me let me let their words play it out. Here we go. So this song, "The Waves," is part of the album Doom Days. And it's part of an album that they describe, that the band describes as a reaction or a counterpoint to their more thoughtful previous album. Now, I haven't really spent a lot of time listening to their second album, but apparently it was more topical, current event, you know, all these different things, uh, like a response to the things happening around them. And so this third one, Doom Days, this third album, they said they wanted to make a record that was all about pure hedonism. I mean, just come on out and say it. There it is. Uh, they wanted an album about pure hedonism. Just let go, the, the looking after yourself, enjoying the things that the world has available. And they did that because they, they were trying to build some escapism. Like he talked about how his second album, they were having to just hit on current events every night when they performed it. And they had this big show, apparently, that really dialed up the importance of all these current events and the things that were happening around them and the troubles they saw. And so it's just over and over and over all of these things. And so he said, we just wanted a third album that just let go. Okay. And so, so he, so on his, on, on his, um, recommendation, he said, doom days is the name of the album. It's also their title track. He said it was one of the, like the last tracks that they finished before they recorded and released and everything. And he said, it was basically their explanation for the escapism, okay? So if we read the waves as a just let things happen, just go with it, whatever, he said, you can look to doom days to see why that would be the attitude they had. So on his suggestion, I went ahead and grabbed the doom days lyrics. And I have to say, the, the, the lyrics for doom days were quite impressive. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for reasons to 
cut out on things. I mean, this has got it. So I'm going to read some of these. Um, again, he's writing this in like 2018, early 2019 at the best. Uh, one of the one of the sections says, "There must be something in the Kool Aid cruising through these doom days. God knows what is real and what is fake. Last couple of years have been a mad trip, but how do y'all look so perfect? You must have had some portraits in the attic." Love that line. Uh, for those of you that have read Dorian Gray uh, at any point in your life, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, made a deal with the devil. You have that portrait that's looking old up in the attic, and but you are able to maintain this perfect facade. So his commentary against the unrealism of the things happening in the world right now. Um, we'll stay offline so no one gets hurt. Hiding from the real world. And then this, this line... Just don't read the comments ever, ever. <laughs> Too true. Too true. Don't read the comments. Like, if your first inclination is to open a video, open an article, and scroll to the comments, don't do it. It's bad. Uh, it's bad. He makes some references to climate change, all these different things that are going on in the world around him. Um, think I'm addicted to my phone, my scrolling horror show. I'm living in this, I'm live streaming the final days of Rome. I just, I love these lines. <laughs> I love these lines. Um, but then he cuts to, let's pick the truth that we believe in. And we love the sound our voices make. Man, this echo chamber's getting loud. I mean, if we're going to pick at the things that we're struggling with in the world around us. I mean, there, there they all are. He's got some other things in there. This one, I mean, he's just going through like a litany of the, the bad things happening around us, the way he feels about it. But then he comes to this point. He goes, We're gonna choose the blue film. We're gonna close the curtains. We're gonna rob it all down. We're gonna choose the blue pill. We're gonna close the curtains. We're gonna, we're gonna rabbit hole down. Uh, now, if you don't know the blue pill reference, that's to the Matrix. Take the red pill or the blue pill. And Neo, the main character, he takes the red pill, like to wake up and, uh, and know the reality of what's happening around him. Well, the Dan here in his writing uh, for, for this song, for Doom Days, says we're going to choose the blue pill. So it's like, hey, I know all of these bad things are happening, but I'm going to take the pill that just goes, yeah, I don't want to even know about them. I don't want to focus on them. I don't want to deal with that problem. I'm just going to cut out. So if you go back to his whole view of it's an album about hedonism, and you go back to the song that we started with that's about nihilism and nothing matters, nothing's real, we're just going to take what comes sort of thing. I mean, that's there's a lot going on there. Uh, he even makes another Peter Pan reference in this song. We're gonna beat some pie now, fake to the close-up arms round. We're gonna stay naive tonight, night, night. We're gonna Peter Pan out, fade to the close-up arms round. We're gonna stay naive tonight. Um, I mean, no cares, no responsibility. I'm just not, I'm just not gonna deal with any of this. Um, I just, there's a lot going on in this song, in this album. So again, I, as I listened to the album, it, they hit the right notes, so to say. Like they, they set out to make a, a party album, an album that is just something you can put on and jam out to and let go. And the little bit of other tracks that I, that I tuned into for a moment, I mean, they hit that note. I would turn them up, crank the bass on my little speaker set and really enjoy listening to it as far as musically. 
lyrically and message-wise, that's the whole thing. It's take whatever comes, appreciate whatever's there, who cares what consequences there are, there's nothing right, there's nothing wrong, just kind of take it as it comes sort of thing. Uh, that's, that's kind of Christian-wise, that's a very scary message um, because of the implications it may have. But as the more I read it, and this is where I really was surprised when this happened, but I was reading through those lyrics of Doom Days after I'd got to that point and, and went, this, this is his response to troubled times. And immediately I was going, this is the book of Jude, like, um, like Jude and Revelation, next to last book in the New Testament, Jude. And uh, you may be like, wait a minute, you're reading, listening to a song about Bastille and you go to Jude. I know, I know, I, it's not, not what everyone typically would do. Um, but it's basically, hey, bad stuff is happening around you. What should your response be? And how do you handle people that are dealing with that response? So rather than tell you a whole bunch more, I'm going to read some of it for you. Um, so this is Jude. Jude's one chapter long. This starts in verse 5. I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved his people out of the land of Egypt afterwards, destroyed those who didn't believe. The angels who did not stay within their own position of authority but left their proper dwellings, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desires, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people also rely on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts, and they feast with you with the fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by the wind, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness is to be reserved forever." It is also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all of the ungodly and their de deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against them. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud mouth boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage. Now, that's like pretty harsh words if, if you're looking at it from a modern standpoint. But it's, it's kind of the attitude that we see around us in our modern world and definitely the attitude displayed by take blue pill, who cares, take it as it comes. We're just going to do what feels good since nothing really matters. And so you see that Jude is trying to tell people that when you have that attitude, people have had that attitude before. It's nothing new. But there's always been a judgment for that. And it would be really easy to stop there 
it would be really easy to stop there and just go, so let them do it, let them go, let them suffer the consequences. But Jude doesn't stop there. He says this, uh, starting in verse 17. But you must remember, beloved, that the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, they said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. So there's going to be people who do that. And in verse 19, it is these who cause divisions. They are worldly people devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ that leads to an eternal life. So for us, for a Christian believer, keep holding fast to the truth that God has given you. Don't let the things of this world distract you, pull you away. Don't let them cause the doubt to build up within you. And then this is kind of the key for if you are interacting with family, friends, whatever, uh, that have this sort of nihilistic, lost, turn your back, you know, the eternal naivete attitude. Here's what he says in verse 22. Have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire to show to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Um, I, li I like that. It's never a lost cause. There's never a, we'll cast doubt on them, just tell them that they're worthless, that you can't believe they've fallen for this, that, oh, there's no hope for them if they live that. Verse 22, have mercy on those who doubt. And then, of course, in verse 24, he begins his closing. He says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. I mean, it's, it's a powerful little message there in that short book of Jude that we really don't look at a whole lot. So... So I guess closing it up, it kind of felt like a downer. I started with this really upbeat song, and, and I'm reading Judgment out of the book of Jude. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but that's where it led me, okay? That's where it led me. I'm trying to be honest with, with what the song presented and then wh what my thoughts were heading out of it. So don't get me wrong. I can, I can still turn on the waves, the song that we started with, and jam out. It was a very fun song. Uh, you know, get carried, get carried away. Da -da -dum -dum -da 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 -dum. You know, it's got the beat going on underneath it. It's it's really good, but if I put it in the context of a response to pain and frustration, you know, if that's what the the writer of the song was trying to convey, he's got he's just frustrated with everything going on in the world around him. He's been dealing with it for a while. He's tired of dealing with it. And you have this type of song. Um, you compare his response to the response of Jude that says, look, all of this has been there, but God is still there for you. All of this has been there and people will fall into it, but have mercy on them and try to snatch them out of the fire. You know, don't give up on them, so to say. The, my, my reaction is it really did break my heart. Like I started getting that sort of sad, upset sort of feeling where you go, I can't believe this is, this is something that resonates with so many people and how in the world do we reach out to them? How do we find ways to explain to them that they may feel this desire to check out, but that's not going to serve them in the long run and that's not what's desired for them. Um, how many of our 
friends, how many of our family members are currently responding to even the current situation around us in that way. It's like, just check out who cares. You know, I don't care if I live or die. I don't care what happens. I'm going to take whatever joy I can get at the expense of whatever it takes, because does any of this really matter? Um, so I guess my, my closing thought is you know, have fun with the songs you have fun with. Be aware of the messages that are in them. Um, but specifically for someone who really latches on to a song and a message like this, I would encourage you don't let them head into further isolation. Don't be the reason they continue to isolate themselves. Don't shame them for these things when you see them struggling. Um, I'll just read that verse 22 and verse 23 again, just kind of as the final thought. And then let you have it. We'll, we'll be back again with a more regular episode next time, but have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire to show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. We'll see y'all next week.